4: Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: It's time now to go beyond the headlines and for the next two hours, go where every sports fan wants to go behind the scenes and into the practice facilities, locker rooms, coaches, offices, and press boxes to get the info before anyone else. This is the ESPN 1320 Insiders.
5: Yeah, it is. Good morning, everybody. Hello. Hello. I'm Kyle. He's James, and we're gonna hang out with you until noon, and then D-Lo and KC will come in and do a do a real radio show. Okay. This is an exciting day, though. I want to. We'll, we'll talk Kings. I, I there's man. I have so much to get to that is directly like James doing stuff. Oh. And it's not Kings related, Jake. You of course are the Kings guy. The Kings beat. Kingsbeat.com. Subscribe today and down download the. Kings Beat Podcast, wherever you get your podcast. But you have done two things for me. You have given me two gifts. (laughs) And it's really, really nice of you to do these things for me. Um, The first thing happened last night. I was sitting there, and I was doing one of my various additional uh, responsibilities, media responsibilities, Niners Wire, Candlestick Chronicles, whatever I was doing. Okay. And I get a text from you. That says, I am watching the NFL combine and I got to tell (laughs) you, and then you said, which is just great, which is just like, Hey, watching the combine getting dialed in. Love that for you. Love that for me. Love that for the show. And then you said my favorite words that as a producer, a host could say to me as a host, the co-host could say to me, you said, I have thoughts. <laughs> and buddy, I cannot wait to get your NFL Combine thoughts right now.
6: Okay, so let me set the stage. Let Please. me set the stage. stage.
5: I'm so fired up.
6: I ended up going to Bennett's, uh, but the new Bennett's location off a of Lone Tree. Shout out to... Bennett's. shout out to Brian Bennett who came over and hung out and, and said hi. Uh, so again, Bennett, you might want to sponsor the show. We love Bennett. We were there. Maybe a segment? Uh, yeah, a segment of the show. Yeah, sure. we could talk about all kinds yeah. of things.
5: Purple and black pregame show.
6: Their happy hour is off the hook. Just so you know, it's off the hook. Like mm-hmm. I, it was so impressive, and for a like today's day and age where everything is so expensive, it was actually affordable. I'm like, well, this is really nice. So,
5: dude, they're not. Keep in mind, like I'm saying. Bennett's is not paying us to say this. No, not at all. I have never had... I've had Bennett's probably three times, so I'm not like the authority on it. Mm -hmm. Every time I've been, it's been delicious. I've never had the same thing twice. It has been catered to this place, and I've been there to the restaurant, and it's been unbelievable food every time. Every time. When I'm driving in... I pass it, the one right here near the station, I pass it yep. and I always go, I need to go to Bennett's
6: more often. I, I always it's feel the same way. Their French dip for lunch is just so good. You love good.
5: the French dip. It is
6: phenomenal. And I bring fries to the guys. Anyway, I'm sitting at Bennett's You can you know the fries
5: are good because Damien
6: Barling, the we'll peak them.
5: of physical fitness. Just demolishes them. He does. Like, man. Okay, go on.
6: He feels bad. I, I, he does feel... It's like guilty pleasure, but he has to. He has yeah, to, you have to. Okay, so I'm sitting there in Bennett's. My wife is to my, my left. We're, we're there with another couple. Right over the head of the other couple is a giant TV. And on the giant TV is the NFL Combine mm-hmm. and it's Defensive Lineman Day. Yes. Okay. Maybe my favorite day. It was. It was pretty amazing. Like, some of these... There was a dude who ran like a four four eight forty at like six four and seven eight six four. So yeah, go on with and like two hundred and seventy three pounds or something.
5: So it's Chop Robinson. Okay, a defensive end from Penn State. He's 6'3", 258, eight two fifty four. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he was lighter. That's yeah. right. So six He is the first player to run a sub five four forty at two fifty plus
6: since Vernon Davis. Wow. And he plays defensive end. I was watching. I'm like, holy cow. And then I watched a lot of the other defensive linemen. And mm-hmm. like, I find it because you've said this. Oh, you watch a combine. You can't really learn anything. You should know everything you know, right? Yeah. It's impossible <sighs> not to be intoxicated. But it's it's <laughs> like, I am somebody who watches for like body mechanics. Yes. And, and, and I'm watching and I'm like, okay. I watch a guy stand straight up in his and his forty time, he goes. Yeah. He goes to bust out of it like he he's ready to hit the the ground running for his forty. His first thing he does is stand straight up. Boom, brutal five five flat. I I know you're running a five flat, like brutal. you're five plus. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like like the basics of some of these guys that haven't been really coached and worked with. Yeah, like a high end, you know. And then they had the drill where they have the the like big giant pads on the ground and you got to go one way and another way. And then you got to come back and the guy's like waving you go this way, go this way and then fly out to the outside and you're watching. And there's like three guys who have been in line watching the other guys do the drill. They've all been watching. They're all waiting for their turn. When it's their turn, they run out there and they get on the ground fast and then they don't know how to do the drill. And it's for me (laughs) as someone who coach young players in like soccer, I'm like, yeah, This is so frustrating. This is you knew like Mm -hmm. you were like the eighth person in line. You knew what the drill was. You watched everybody else do the drill or maybe you didn't. And you're just sitting there. And to me, that's another red flag. It's like, oh, look that that in itself is so much more valuable than a
5: 40 time to me. It is like that just by itself. You don't know how to do this drill you've been standing there watching? That's a
6: problem. That's a problem. Yeah. Yeah. And then they got to start the drill up. We're going to start the drill over? Yeah. Like, wait, what? So I I thought it was interesting because you can see, again, the guys who have worked with high-end trainers building up to it, Yep. which is is the NBA Combine, too. You know, you get the the crazy, crazy Combine guys. Mm -hmm. They come in, you're like, what in the world? And then they last like two years in the league because... They just worked on their combine numbers. Yeah, they didn't work on their game at all. Yeah, or they don't really have game, but they, could <laughs> they jump can jump high. Yeah, like or their their shuttle drill is really fast. Yeah, you're like okay, you're you can sprint in the three quarter court. <laughs> you get out on the break and you need to throw a lob. That's your guy. Yeah,
3: yeah. I always <laughs> like
6: the like the the greatest combine story of all time, in my book, is um. You know, if you you want to be seven foot tall, right? Of course. So if, if you're a big guy, or if you're, God, a, I would take five eleven. <laughs> okay. <laughs> if you're a um like a six foot six guy, mm. you know you go and find the like fattest shoes of all time, so you can you right. know wear two inch heels. Right. So all of a sudden you're a six nine guy right. going to the draft. If you're a six foot like ten, six foot eleven guy, you're like, man, if I can be a seven footer. It's going to go down yeah. like, oh, he's a legit seven-footer. Yeah. Hassan Whiteside. Oh, no. In his, in his combine measurements, wore flip-flops and came in at 6'11 and three-quarters. And to me, that is everything you ever needed to know about Hassan Whiteside. Everything. Everything. 6'11 and three-quarters because he wore flip-flops into the measurement room. Instead of? Instead of a, cowboy boots, a a shoe with a one inch heel or an inch and a quarter. Can you
5: imagine how Hassan Whiteside's career would have gone if he measured in it like seven two? <laughs> yes,
6: yeah, Man. and you know, okay, and, and in that draft, that's uh, so tough. He has a seven foot nine wingspan. Oh my God, and the, it's him and Cousins. Cousins had a seven eight wingspan. Yeah, but two guys that are totally built different. Yeah, mm-hmm. the whole thing was like it was crazy. And then watching Hassan. Gained forty pounds in his first off season of sheer muscle, and he tells us that his dad was a defensive lineman for the Vikings, which I had no idea. And his dad played at like two ninety. You're like, oh, okay, yoked. <laughs> and then he would come over and flex in front of the the one way glass that he yeah. thought nothing was behind, but it was really all the media standing there. Hilarious. He would go over and flex, and like you could tell he had been working out. And uh, yeah, that was like that's one of many, or two of many many Hassan Whiteside stories. Some of them are not for That's a good summer show. Just the Hassan Whiteside show. Or an off the... Yeah, I may have told <laughs> some of these on Off the Records with the Kings Beat. Yeah.
5: So it's Employee Appreciation Day here at Odyssey. And you can tell because when you walk in, there's a sign hanging up that says, we appreciate you. It's like, thank you. Yeah. I now know how Kenny and D'Lo feel. <laughs> I know exactly because they do the midday, right? They do noon to four. And when you're in the midday, I did middays uh, my entire time at 95.7, three different shows, but Mm -hmm. I was uh, middays the the entire way. And when you're in middays, you get hosed on things like employee appreciation day because your show is the window that food is here and then food is gone. That's right. And by the time you get done, like they bring breakfast to everybody. And by the time you get done, you go and there's like half a soggy waffle and it's some very pick through it is very bad and then the
6: fruit that nobody wants the fruit that nobody it. wants and then the the small pieces of scrambled eggs the, yes the little ones that fall off yep. to the side not yes. the not the regular size stuff yeah that you
5: straight yeah you that you cannot that you know. can't really pick up with a plastic fork
6: right you're like this is miserable
5: so it's employee appreciation day today so they brought breakfast for everybody and they was supposed to get here like 10 minutes before the show starts and that's what happened last time when they they all the managers cooked for us. Oh, yeah. It was oh, really sure. cool. Yeah. And you went in, and you told them what you wanted, and you sat down, and they brought it to you. It was like a restaurant, and that was 10 minutes before the show. We got our stuff, and we were able to eat it like during the show, kind of throughout the show. Yep. Uh, today, naturally, right as the show starts, I see them walk in with the food, and it's all sitting there, and people just going to town right now. I'm crossing my fingers for a croissant. Okay. If there's a croissant left, I'll be thrilled.
6: We might have to have you run out and out for us oh that's break.
5: that's happening i'll run out there i'll do a quick run through then you can run out there and do or we can go vice versa i don't really feel
6: appreciated because normally like i <laughs> typically i will go and get food for damien and kenny yeah or for right jesse nobody seems to be appreciating nobody. us even though we are the the vibes guy who this bra- is, we are donut friday incarnate we have provided so much food for everybody
5: here oh yeah and not a single person. Hey, you guys want anything? You can stand in the window right here. You don't even have to come into any studios. You can be like, hey, do you want, you guys want food? You want to eat? You want to eat? And like, yeah, I would love to. <laughs> no.
6: No. Kyle. They, but
5: I, they, they break it 10. They break it 13. We're good. I did get uh, my 30 Odyssey points this morning. I did too.
6: I, I'm, I'm so halfway, ex- I'm halfway to an Odyssey backpack. I'm so excited. I want Kyle to get the clear fanny pack, the plastic clear fanny pack. They, but you should just get
5: the backpack. The, so the thing with the cl- plastic clear fanny pack is I'm a weirdo.
6: I know to use it. I'd be like this has oh, I know this, you, is, this yeah. is practical. <laughs> I, I don't know. have to fill my pockets. Plus you could take a clear fanny pack into like a stadium. Oh that's a good point because they can see inside. That's a good point. Yeah. Mm. So now
5: it's got double use. Now it's not just a bit at the at the station now I can actually use- I just keep funneling
6: I'm gonna keep funneling my points every no, month to this Kyle is, no this is really good <laughs> until you get up to 240 points and you'll it is get that.
5: 240 points
6: both the backpack and the fanny pack are like 240 oh uh, yeah oh maybe it
5: was how many no I, I thought I, I thought I saw it, it was 160 167 oh maybe maybe that's how many points away I am
6: oh that's possible
5: that would be a messed up way to price things <laughs> If you're like, oh, yeah, you want a new laptop, you are, let's see, $828 away. I, All right. All I'll tell you is Thanks. that
6: uh, I'm super excited about the 30 points I got today, and I don't want to talk about that 10 points that I got earlier this year for Ooh. something else that I did yeah. that- uh, Shout out to our friends at Jiffy Loop. Maybe uh, was worth more than 10 points. <laughs> just, just saying, Kyle. <laughs> All right. Kings, we got a break, right? Before we do. I get fired? We do. Uh, <laughs>
5: we have a Kings jersey to give away today. Ooh. We're doing that, courtesy of Jiffy Lube. Jiffy Lube. We'll be doing that. I have the second gift that you gave me that we need to talk about at some point as well. Okay. We also have to get into the Kings play tonight. Uh, the Kings are at the Timberwolves, and I really want to have some conversations about some of their guys, Rudy Gobert, Carl Anthony Towns, but I'm afraid if I do that, they're going to combine for like 40, 30, and 20. Mm-hmm. So we'll figure out how to how to navigate that, but I would really like to have some conversations about those dudes. Uh Kings Timberwolves, James Gift to me. We're giving away a King's jersey. Tons of stuff going on today on The Insiders. We're hanging out with you till noon on ESPN 1320.
1: You're listening to the Insiders with James Hamm and Kyle Madsen, sponsored by Jiffy Lou on ESPN 1320 and 98.5 HD2, Sacramento Sports Leader. E. Now, back to the insiders with James Hamm and Kyle Madsen, brought to you by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320.
5: He's James. I'm Kyle. They're the Sacramento Kings. They are in Minnesota taking on the Timberwolves tonight. Sacramento looking to win that season series. That is all knotted up at one apiece. What I want to know is, I how did they... break? you guys,
2: James. Go get your breakfast. Go on, James. Go get your breakfast. What go I want on. to know
5: is... All right. Okay. <laughs> go hey, on. I was trying to do our go. thing. That, I was go, go, trying go to do our breakfast. thing. Go, go get that, your breakfast. That, all right. I'm
2: going.
5: <laughs> We're feeling very appreciated now. Thank you, Charlie. This is so great. Uh, Charlie uh, Maloney, everybody, if you want to check him out. YouTube.com/slash ESPN1320 Twitch.tv/slash ESPN1320 Is this your debut on the stream? Uh, I on our show, it definitely yes. Yes, it is. Yeah, yes, on is. the stream. Yeah. yeah. Uh, how's it going, man? Hey, y- y- did it's you good. get some Cracker Barrel? Uh, not yet. I will. I will. Oh, well, I mean, I, don't, no, I appreciate you. You go. No, 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 Does no, no! I, 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 I've got like two <laughs> hours to graze, so it's not an issue. <laughs> uh, have you been to Cracker Barrel before, dude? I grew up in Ohio. That's what I okay. So that's what I was gonna ask. I guess my, my phrasing should have been: How many times have you been to Cracker
2: Barrel? <laughs> I, I almost almost as many days as I've been alive. Okay, so I mean, if I stopped going to Cracker Barrel, the the, the corporation would collapse because because here is the deal: You're keeping I, them open. I, I go to Cracker Barrel with my mm-hmm. wife, and the and w- she, she eats very quickly there, and then mm-hmm. goes to the goes to shop. Mm-hmm. In the gift store. And oh, I love the gift store. I, I quietly get to just go to ESPN and to Fox Sports and to Sports to sports.yahoo.
5: And so you and your wife go on a date to hang out alone.
2: Exactly. That is remarkable. Where's my applause?
6: That is a great, <laughs> th- I mean, come on.
2: And then, and then, after- that's
5: a great vibe. I love that. And,
2: and then afterwards, we jump in the car, and a lot of times we go to a movie or we'll go Pick up uh, cheesecake at the cheesecake factory or something. I'm like taking that. notes. So this is yeah. great. And, and we, you know, I mean, it must be working because we're coming up on our 46th anniversary this year. So. Wow! Holy <laughs> smoke!
5: <laughs> I'm a uh, my wife and I right there. We're coming up on two.
2: Okay. So, well, yeah. Hey, Ben. <laughs> you, you're, 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 the locomotive is well, picking well up our steam. way. Well <laughs> on our way. Uh,
5: Cracker Barrel dates apparently the uh, apparently the new move. Yep. It, All right. It is good. Uh, charlie sitting in for james it's a boy appreciation day so james is out picking up his breakfast it looks like he got a loaded plate i love that i love that for him i didn't bring lunch today so i'm really glad that there's i forgot there was breakfast i didn't bring lunch because i got a jet like pretty quick after the show
2: fyi um well see and i didn't have my bagel this morning because it's donut day oh yeah and so i'm listening to you guys coming in and then i hear it's breakfast day and i'm going but then i hear that you guys aren't yeah, no breakfast, And so I'm going, no, 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 no. I can't stand so, for that. So there we go. If you need refills, like me yeah, down. Charlie, and bacon. We'll get
5: you. <laughs> go get yourself something to eat. I will. Uh, All right. We definitely appreciate See you. you later. Thanks, Charlie. He's the best. There he goes. Charlie Maloney, everybody. Second day in a row. We're gonna have to start paying him if he comes on a third day. Uh oh. What'd you get? Oh, he just took my phone. Hang on. That's hilarious. Charlie's gonna start breaking King's news. Charlie, come back! He's got James' phone! James is the kind of person who's plugged in that when his phone disappears, it's a problem. Like, it's a real problem. It could be an issue if, if the wrong person gets a hold of James' phone. Maybe. I said you're the kind of person that's that's the kind of plugged in that, like, if the wrong person got a hold of your phone, it could be a problem.
6: Now I'm going to have to worry about that all the time. People are going to be like, if I could only get my hands on James', James phone. His... <laughs> but then I'd also, like, like, they'd have to... Get it open and all yeah. that stuff. I yeah. don't know. I'd worry. Like, at least it doesn't have the thumbprint that someone would, like, try to get my thumb. Right. That would be not good.
5: <laughs> what was I watching
6: where they did
5: that? They went to a... per. Oh, they were... Uh, was it Follow the House of Usher? Oh, I don't know. I think know. they did that where the husband's trying to get into the wife's phone and she's in a coma. And so he, like, while she's in a coma, like, opens her eye. So, yeah, it's a... <laughs> Wild, I think that's how it went. I think I was watching some oh oh no, it's 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 uh uh The House of Soon. Oh. Yes. The Brother
6: Sun. Yeah, the Brother Soon. Yeah. Yes. That's they're going through all the thumbs. Yes. There and were she... a lot of extra thumbs.
5: Yeah, the the, the <laughs> agent goes and gets the thumb to get into the phone. That's exactly what it was. Although I feel like it happened to follow the house of usher too. The brothers soon. Very, very good show.
6: There is uh out out in there, there there's probably fourteen pounds of bacon. There is
5: so much bacon. I usually am like I didn't I only grabbed a couple pieces of bacon because that to me is the right amount of bacon to have like a to not it's just in my brain I go two pieces of bacon is a one that's Well, you're being bacon. like
6: conscientious to everyone else R- and yes, th- thank
5: you that right. Con- th- th- right. Yeah. I'm trying to keep other people in mind. there are just buckets of bacon over there.
6: Yeah, right now I could go make a BLT with like 42 Strida. pieces of bacon. You could like, do
5: BLT with like bread wrapped in bacon. Yes
6: yes, absolutely spectacular.
5: Really, really good. Shout out to, shout out to Cracker Barrel. Okay, so we're gonna rearrange some things. Yeah, things are gonna gone talk a little about, sideways. I'm gonna talk about the. Sec- we're gonna get to the Kings today, guys. I swear <laughs> to Bob. I'm I'm definitely worried though. Is this the about, moment we talk about blue lips? Yeah, uh, that's what I was going to say. Oh, okay. I, I your second gift to me. Okay. I love Schoolboy Q. Okay, he's one of my favorite rappers. Um. I, if you don't, I don't know if I've told this story or not, but I had heard like all of his hits off Oxymoron, but I had never listened to Oxymoron all the way through. And I finally decided to do that one day and was just blown away because it's a great album. And then a short while later, Blank Face came out, his second album, and loved Blank Face. I still do. It's, it's, it's an all timer for me. Well, then he had another album come out called Crash Talk and Crash Talk is like way out of left field. It is way over here. It stinks. I was very disappointed with it. Okay. So Blue Lips comes out today. Listen to it on the way in. I was very thrilled with it. It is... Uh, the production is great. Uh, some of the features are great. I really, really enjoyed the album. It is, it is right up there with Oxymoron, right up there with Blankface. Uh, I haven't gotten enough listens to decide if it's better than those two yet, but I loved it. And then I said, I'm going to talk about this on the radio today. Just because. And, insta- and instead of leaving you out in the cold... Mm-hmm. Instead of being like James, here's a thing that happened, and you're like, I don't care like what you did. I don't sure. I was like, Can you listen to some of this for me? I would okay. love I would love it if you would listen to this. And I just want your your thoughts, opinions, and you got I think
6: you said six songs in. You listened to it on the way in? I did. I got six songs in. Thoughts. Um Okay, so uh, blue slides. Yep. I enjoyed. Yep. That's and, a and, more upbeat one, and I think it's Lovebirds, and those are the two that he uses other music, like yeah, examples, yeah, of mm-hmm. older music, mm-hmm. and then and then starts doing his stuff. Yeah, I was down with those, and I, I thought they're like really cool, and and I like the arrangement, and I thought it was creative. The rest of it is tough because I don't listen to that type of music. Yes, and I can't get past the n word every two seconds sure that's something like and i'm so outside of that like i don't know like i i enjoyed like the beats and like sure like the arrangement Mm -hmm. and stuff but i preferred the other stuff where he was just kind of riffing without going there the whole time
5: sure that's understandable yeah my wife's the same way with music and that's why so i ordered blue lips on vinyl i just pre-ordered it i took a leap of faith that it'd be better than crash talk and Um, I don't. That's one. It's I have a couple like that where I can't. I I just don't play those when she because she's the same way
6: She's like, I just not my bag. Yeah, "Yeah, that's fine. And it's not like you can skip when you got vinyl. Right, gotta like literally like pick up the needle and move it. (laughs) You're just
5: letting it rip. (laughs) Yeah, I'm glad. Uh, I I thank you. I know. I I I had a very strong feeling it wasn't going to be your favorite thing, but I appreciate that you listened. So oh, yeah. we could we could discuss it on the radio. I had a really cause... short
6: drive into work today. Yeah, yeah. we stayed oh, down here. Right. We stayed down here in Rockland, so it was only was like... that
5: to stay out of the inclement weather.
6: Well, we didn't want to go cause... back late, sure. You know, and and drive through maybe what could be bad weather. I don't know. I, like the the boys. Well, my my youngest had school today, so it's not oh. like it snowed enough that that they're going to have a problem. I, I don't know what the weather looks like right now at home, but uh, yeah, yeah. All right.
5: We'll have Kings-Timberwolves next, I swear.
6: You swear? I promise. Uh, okay.
5: That's what's going to happen next. Charlie will barge in again, or or someone will. <laughs> something something like that. Something like that's going to happen. Uh, we will talk about the Kings. We will talk about the Timberwolves. And we have to, at some point, talk about Rudy Gobert and Carl Anthony Towns, because I feel like they're pretty polarizing players in a different way. Like, we talked about Jamal Murray the other day. And and Cat and, and Gobert are different polarizing in different ways than Jamal Murray. Like I think everybody is consensus is Jamal Murray is really good, but he gets rated higher on things like NBA rankings because of how he does in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. With Towns and Gobert, I have questions about them as pieces of like a title team. And that's where that's kind of what I want to dig into, but I'm scared to do that. Because if we talk about Rudy Gobert and Karl-Anthony Towns in any way that's not like wow, what a duo, David Robinson and Tim Duncan reincarnate Watch out. If we don't if we do anything below that, they're gonna torch the Kings tonight for sixty combined points. No, totally. That's so what, I mean, you I have to fear that. I have to ha- I want to have a real conversation, but I'm also terrified of jinxing the Kings because I am a superstitious weirdo. And I don't want to get blamed for this stuff anymore. I stay at games, they lose, my fault. Talk about Jamal Murray on the radio, he goes for thirty two in a in a Nuggets win. My fault.
6: There it is. I do believe all of this is your fault. Kyle. I know. I do. Your jinx. Just, just go
5: to go to shoot around, Mike. 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 Stop running on those defensive adjustments. We got it. <laughs> we got it.
6: We fired Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's we out just of here. need to start he's doing reverse jinxes. We gotta. Uh, we gotta think our way around this, Kyle. Okay. Reverse I don't see anyway. Okay, I got you. I don't see any way the Timberwolves don't win the championship this year. No, of course Carl not. Anthony
5: Towns, Rudy Gobert, MVP candidates. Anthony Edwards. Will they split the vote, Kyle? Oh, maybe three-way MVP over yeah.
6: there. Jaden McDaniels, I mean, future MVP. Future uh, Defensive Player of the Year candidate. That's a great, yeah. It's and it. maybe Rudy yeah. Gobert is a Defensive Player of the Year candidate. maybe they will defensive do they, Player of the Year? Maybe they'll do what the Kings did last year while they sweep every single award. Is cringe, Is Chris
5: Finch the greatest NBA head coach of all time? I believe I he think is. he's in the conversation. I believe he is. <laughs> we'll have Kings Timberwolves for you next on ESPN 1320. I'm Kyle, and we're going to do a radio show about the Sacramento Kings and the Minnesota Timberwolves. That game takes place tonight in Minnesota. The Kings looking to win that season series. Uh, They've split the first two. The Kings won their first game back in Minnesota uh, to to cap a long road trip. One of their most impressive wins of the year. They went in uh, to Minnesota and won that one, one twenty four to one eleven. De'Aaron Fox had a huge night that night, 36 points, 7 boards, 12 assists. Sacramento shot 17 of 35 from beyond the arc. The bench combined for 45 points in that one. Kessler Edwards added 10, and was just 25 points off the bench. Is that something the Kings can even replicate at this point? Like, that game feels like a million
6: years ago. That's an interesting question, Kyle, because I'm not sure that they can. I, this this doesn't feel like that team anymore. Um The offense just isn't flowing and running like it was. Uh, But then again, this team has been that way the whole season where it's they're so hot and cold. You have no idea when they're going to turn it on, when they're going to be like a world beater, and when they're not. And that was part of the end-season tournament, that first game. They did lose the next matchup against Minnesota, um, you know, 110 and 98. Mm -hmm. I think there's something about Minnesota that we always bring up. It's this long athletic you know the kings are they really struggle with that type of team but i kind of there there's a certain thing about minnesota that i i disagree with a little bit when it comes to all that okay they're long they're athletic but they're not physical and mm-hmm. so you know they carl anthony towns can be like he can drop 30 on you with no problem but mm-hmm. a lot of times it feels like it's a soft 30 yeah you know and rudy gobert you know he does battle uh DeMonte sabonis but same time, DeMontis Sabonis seems to be just fine playing against them, and they they have length and athleticism that matters, but they also just don't have that physicality that you you fear, and that's why I I don't believe that Minnesota is probably going to be a high end playoff team once they get there. Yeah, they just aren't quite there as a team yet, and some of the pieces that they rely on heavily aren't there as players, and and probably won't be there as players.
5: Yeah, that's a little bit where where I am too. I really like what Minnesota has done and and is doing. Mm-hmm. I frankly w- punted on them because I don't. I I did not believe that the Carl Anthony Towns Rudy Gobert thing was going to work.
3: Mm-hmm.
5: Uh, Jaden McDaniels has taken a has taken a leap. Excuse me. Um, and and Anthony Edwards is is awesome, but. I mean, to what to what end, right? But yeah, he looks to be trending in the direction of being a a one A type of player where he can be the number one on a title team. But to your point, we talk about this with the Kings a lot, right? They need some dogs, man. Mm-hmm. They need somebody who's going to set that tone physically, whether it's offensively, whether it's defensively. Like Jalen Brunson with the Knicks is not a super physical, awesome defender but offensively you're going to feel him like he's going to be, he's going to be physical in that way. He's going to attack. And, and you're, I, I don't, I don't feel like Minnesota has that player outside of Anthony Edwards. And, Ant is, is, is that's, that's great. But when so much of your foundation is Rudy Gobert and Carl Anthony Towns is these two bigs that I don't going into a playoff series, I don't fear them. I don't, I don't fear that Carl Anthony Towns and Rudy Gobert are going to be awesome for seven games.
6: There's I this, Hmm. I think you know that they're going to put up numbers, but you don't know what that, how big of an impact that's going to have. So what I, I will point out that the two games this season, the Kings, when they beat Minnesota in Minnesota, Jade McDaniels play, uh, did not play. Mm -hmm. And then when Minnesota beat the Kings in Sacramento, Jade McDaniels did play. And McDaniels is a sneaky crucial piece to what they're doing. Yeah. So he he put up twenty points, four steals, uh, five rebounds against the Kings and he played almost forty one minutes. Jeez. The difference between them with him and without is that if if he's out on the court and he's defending De'Aaron Fox, that's a really, really long, crazy athlete that Mm -hmm. that causes problems. And uh I think that Fox can figure it out, but, you know, again he he wasn't great against them in the second game. He scored twenty seven points, but again, it was during a time where that's what he's doing every game. Uh, but he turned the ball over three times. He just wasn't as impactful. Mm-hmm. And we don't know if Fox is gonna play or not tonight mm-hmm. because of injury, but at the same time, if if Fox isn't there, McDaniels is now gonna be free to roam and probably defend Keegan Murray. Yeah. And then life becomes really difficult for the Kings. Yeah. So.
5: Yeah. And that's with no De'Aaron Fox, Keegan has to be the guy. Oh no, totally. He has to be next up. And we we saw that against Denver. Early on, Keegan was the guy. who was stepping up and then he didn't. If if you're not getting, and this is where this is where the Timberwolves become really dangerous, is if you're not providing any offensive punch, they they they're not a great offensive team, Mm-mm. but they are good enough that if you're not if you're not putting pressure on them on that side on that side of the ball, they're just going to eat you alive. And that's where my worry comes in for Sacramento is man, De'Aaron Fox not on the court, we know it's not Davion Mitchell, we know it's not Keon Ellis. It's going to be Malik Monk at you know when when he is on the floor. Mm-hmm. But outside of that, I don't have enough faith in in Keegan Murray that when presented with that kind of challenge, he's going to be like, "Yep, all right, here we go." I'm stepping up to this. I am going to be the dude tonight. No, De'Aaron here. Fine. It's the Keegan Murray show. I don't. I haven't. I haven't seen that. I, maybe he will be, and maybe we see it tonight. But I don't. I don't have. Even if De'Aaron was on the floor, you want to see more of that from Keegan. I just we we haven't seen it yet to where I'm going. Yeah. Hey, they'll be they'll be fine. That's a challenge that he's going to step up to. Well, and Kyle,
6: this is the important aspect that I think that people need to understand. If Keegan Murray does become that player, let's say that Fox does play tonight, mm-hmm. and the way that this game would start is that they're going to put Jade McDaniel's on Fox to start the game, right? They're not going to put Mike Conley on him. They're not going to put Ant Man. Maybe they'd put Ant Man on him for a few minutes, mm-hmm. but they're they're like historically they put Jade McDaniel's on Fox, mm-hmm. and we're talking about a six foot nine, like rangy defender, the guy that we keep talking about that the Kings need. That's when Keegan Murray should shine because that means that somebody else is going to be defending him. Yes. Whether it's Connolly, whether it's Anthony Edwards, it doesn't matter. He's got a huge height advantage. He needs to cook, mm-hmm. right? If he can start cooking, then they would have to take Jade McDaniels and move him over, and then De'Aaron Fox can cook. And mm-hmm. that's sort of how this team should be built to move forward. Whether they can get to that point or not, it really it depends on where Keegan Murray goes as a player, whether he wants to take this leap. And, mm-hmm. you know, again, the whole time, Domana Sabonis is going to be battling in the post and doing all that. Mm-hmm. But I'm more concerned about that aspect right there. If, if Fox doesn't play, that means that Jaden McDaniel slides over and defends Keegan Murray, and Keegan's going to have a rough night. He, yeah. he just is. I mean, that he's a, an exceptional defender, and he's he's got the length and athleticism to bother Keegan. Mm-hmm. Keegan's stronger than him, but the Kings don't use Keegan as a post player, so that doesn't really matter.
5: I think this is an important game for Keegan, though. Yeah. If Fox isn't out there, because the only way you're going to grow into that player is by having opportunities to do it mm-hmm. and recognizing the windows of when to do it. So even if even if Murray doesn't have a, a great game in that situation, I don't think it's necessarily going. Oh man, that's awful for him long term. Like that's what this is about. This is about development. This is about learning. Yeah. And learning comes with those setbacks, with those mistakes. So I'm not. That's 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 the. Weird thing to 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 borrow a phrase. That's the two timeline thing with Keegan. There's there's this year. There's right now, today, tonight, Mm -hmm. and the Kings needing to get wins. That is the West is not in a place where you can go. Yeah, if he loses one, it's fine. Like that's just that's that's not where they're at in the standings, and that's not where the West is ever going to be at at any point this year. But long term, I don't think there's any major issue. I'm not going to come in here tomorrow if Keegan Murray gets guarded by Jada McDaniels and has a, has a tough night. Yeah. And go, I mean, I just don't see it. No. so,
6: No, I don't think so either. And the two timeline thing, you bring it up. Like, look, I think that I, I'm... i I hate that that's become like a joke. No, but... Because it's a valuable, like a useful thing. Yeah, but I'm of the opinion that this is a moment where the Kings have to, have to combine the two timelines. Mm-hmm. Like they have to have Keegan Murray be that player and they have to be that team at the mm-hmm. same time. Mm-hmm. We're, we're not looking at three years down the road. Mm-hmm. Keegan Murray came out as a 22 year old, 21 going on 22. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he's not a baby. Yeah. He needs to be treated with, you know, mm-hmm. the idea that he's a year and a half in and he knows the game and it's time for him to start playing up to the potential. Mm-hmm. And that's doesn't mean every night, but, it does mean that he needs to start being that player and showing us that that's who that's who he's going to be. Yeah, totally. And if he can't get there, that's a fair point. That's okay, but that just means that you need to adjust accordingly during the off and over the next couple of years as you you're building out your team. I do think he is that player, though.
5: Yeah, yeah. I I I think he gets there too. I want to remind you, coming up Saturday, eleven fifteen a.m. Get your get your notebook out and start paying attention to college basketball because you're going to be in a bracket. Even if you think you're not, you're going to have one at work, there's going to be a family one, some friend's going to hit you up, you're going to be in a bracket, you're going to want to know, and uh, we're going to help you out right here on ESPN 1320. At 1115 on Saturday, we've got number 5 Marquette at number 12 Creighton, and then at 5 o'clock, non-college edition, we've got Nuggets at Lakers. Um, We are going to be your home for the NBA basketball, the play-ins, playoffs, and the finals, and again, that's 5 p.m. on Saturday, Nuggets at Lakers, and then Sunday... At 9.30 a.m., it is Sixers at Mavs. Mm. We will have more Kings Timberwolves for you, though, right here on this radio station. How do they get a win? How do they avoid losing three in a row? And uh, can they avoid losing three in a row? Because I tell you, this feels like one of those games that I'm going in going, don't don't love this spot for the Kings.
6: I agree 100%. Yeah. All right.
5: We'll, uh, we'll talk about that in a uh, in a bit. Let's talk about the standings, though, as okay. we reset her. Um The Kings got uh, not not a ton of help last night. The Warriors and Lakers both won. They're now lurking. The Warriors are 10, Lakers 9. The Kings two games up on Golden State, and I think a game and a half on the Lakers? Or is it two and a half on Golden State and two on the Lakers? Something like that. They're two
6: games up on the Lakers.
5: So they're two up on the Lakers, which I mean thanks to, which I think means they're two and a half up on Golden State. And while we continue looking ahead, that's a factor here because the Lakers are all of a sudden starting to win.
6: The like, Lakers, the Lakers are a game and a half behind the Kings. Game and a half behind the Kings, and the, and the Warriors two back. And the Warriors are two back, and the Kings are uh, the Lakers are tied with the Kings in the win column.
5: Man, yeah. Not to mention the Lakers have won seven out of their last ten. They just had a massive comeback at home. Well, like on the road against the Clippers. On the road against. D'Angelo Russell hitting a huge three and turning around and shushing a crowd that's all cheering for him. Like, bro, come on. (laughs) Read the room. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, They just had that huge comeback win, and they've won seven of their last 10. Golden State went into New York last night and beat the Knicks one. How did I not have the score here? I think it was one ten ninety nine. I think, was the final. Okay. In that one. And the Warriors have now quietly won eight of their last ten, and that's that's where I don't. So here's the I don't think the Kings are necessarily in danger of falling out of the play in. The Jazz are going the wrong direction, and they are the next closest team. They're what it, seven back of the Kings?
6: Yeah, that's where you start Five to back? yeah. They're seven back, and the the Rockets are I don't know, eight and a half back. Yeah, yeah. So look, you're gonna be a play in team yeah. no matter what, yeah. but the question. I don't think that anyone was comfortable asking before was, are you going to be a team that has to play on the road in the play-in? Mm-hmm. Are you a team that isn't playing for the 7-8 seed? Because, you know, of course, in the play-in, the 7-8 play, mm-hmm. and if whoever wins that game is a 7. Mm-hmm. And then the 9-10 and 10 play, and whoever wins that game plays the loser of the 7-8 game. And what you don't want to do is be, the, be a team who, A, plays on the road, and B, has to beat two teams to get into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And, and one of those teams could be Golden State Warriors. One of them could be the Los Angeles Lakers. And mm-hmm. if anyone out there thinks that you're going to get a truly fair shake in one of those games, you're going to have to win that game. Handily. Handily. You're, handly. Going, handly. you're yes. going to have to defeat them mm-hmm. because that's a league. Mm-hmm. And number one, Steph is going to dominate and take over. Or what we saw from LeBron James, 19 points in the fourth quarter against Against Kawhi Leonard and the Clippers. Yeah. Like, that's no joke. When that guy wants to make the playoffs and wants to win a play-in game, you're in some trouble. Yes. So.
5: Even at 39 years
6: old. Yeah. The Kings have to figure things out. And uh, we talked about this five-game set here a lot. hmm And this five-game set, like, you know, we thought, hey, if you could go three and two, it'd be great. But there's a good chance that you're going to go two and three on this set. Mm -hmm. right they win the first two games you get a little like hey look they, they might have something here yeah and all of a sudden you drop two now this becomes a really pivotal game after this the schedule does lighten up and the kings have like 10 games uh coming up where they got a good shot right and they might be able to build something here but if they have no momentum and we're starting to see some cracks in this thing then i don't even know like scoreboard watching matters as much because yeah. this team just might not be good enough to to make it, or might not be able to hold it uh, be able to hold it together. You know, we saw the the comments from Kevin Herter after the game the other night. Uh you know, not great. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I get it. A player wants to play, but you also have to look at the the game and how I a player played. The reality, and, yeah, yeah, and I, and I mean, he finishes with like eighteen minutes, and if if they were competitive at all, he would have played twelve minutes in the fourth quarter, or or, or ten minutes in the fourth quarter, right. But they weren't Kyle, and they were a minus twenty in his eighteen minutes. Yeah, and then it got worse.
5: It wasn't like he was tearing it up, and they left him on the bench while yeah. the while they got cooked. Like that, <laughs> that wasn't the case at all.
6: Yeah, that'll yeah. be
5: interesting to see how he re- responds tonight.
6: No, I totally agree, but it plays into this larger question about can the Kings fend off the Lakers and the Warriors, and and can they can they find a way to move up above Dallas? You got two more games against Dallas. That's where you can really start to, you know, try to get out of the seven eight and get into that next step, which is the the five six. And mm-hmm. you know, you're only a game a game behind the Pelicans for uh, for six. right. It's you,
5: not like super dire. Yeah, looking ahead, that that's not that that's a little bit where my point with bringing up the Warriors and the Lakers is not like, wow, the Kings are gonna fall back. Look at this. Yeah, it's just. Hey, we've been looking so far ahead that very quietly, as the Kings have scuffled a little bit here, you have these two teams that were behind them that are now playing really well, and now that's just another thing we have to worry about. While also continuing, how are the Mavs doing? How are the Pels doing? How are the Suns doing?
6: Exactly, because they're right there. Yeah, this is it's becoming a it was a group of four, and it and it's all of a sudden like table for six, Mm -hmm. and that's a little uncomfortable. That should be really if you're the Kings. That should be really, really uncomfortable. That um, all of a sudden that that group that was separated by, mm-hmm. you know, was like your group, and then another group that was three or four games back, now five through ten is separated by three and a half games. Yeah, and that's crazy.
5: But at the same time, not to just to kind of zoom out, mm-hmm. they're also and you mentioned this five game stretch where we're going. You got to go. You got to go three and two, but. Immediately after this stretch, things lighten up a lot. yeah, a lot for Sacramento. And they're in a place standings wise where if you go win six, seven in a row, not even asking for a crazy long win streak, but put together six, seven wins in a row against not top end competition, and all of a sudden you're very firmly in that spot where maybe you're not maybe you're not up at the the four or the five, but like comfortably in four or five, but you're comfortably clear of the bottom of the play in. Yes. And potentially comfortably clear of the the play-in entirely with 15 games to go.
6: Yeah, that should be the key and I mean we keep bringing this up but making the playoffs is a big deal. And so the way that standings go is if you make if the Kings make the play-in but lose, they become a lottery team and they keep their pick,
5: which is bad,
6: which is very bad. Yes. This is not a good draft, but it also ties up your 2025, 26, and 27 picks again. Mm-hmm. And now you're you are worried about what that means, what you can trade this offseason. Uh, but if they, let's say they make the play on, but they lose in the play-in, that's what happens. You become a lottery team. So that's where the standings are kind of weird. If a team comes up through the play-in and becomes like last year, like the Lakers, were, they become an eight seed, but we're not the eight seed going in, and they actually earned their way into the play-in. Mm-hmm. Same thing with Miami Heat, right? Miami Heat were like a nine seed. They had to play the nine. They had to play both play-in games. They, oh no, no, they were a seven-eight. They lost uh, to at, Atlanta, and then had to play the the nine-ten. If they would have lost again, they're out, and they become a lottery team. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this is a it's a big deal because it really does gum up all of your future your future draft picks and stuff. And it's
5: counterintuitive, right? Because typically you're, you're like you want to keep your pick. Yeah. But for the Kings, if they if the pick conveys this year if they make the playoffs, the Hawks get the Kings' pick. Mm-hmm. So the Kings don't have a first rounder this year. But it allows them to then trade 25, 26, 27. Yeah, so
6: if you give away your 2024, right. you have no Uh, picks owed going forward yes so starting on july 1st you have your 2025 your 2026 27 28 29 30 and 31 you have access seven years to seven years worth of picks you can trade every other pick which means you would have access to at least four picks and then pick swaps and other things so this comes into play if there becomes a, a really good star player Yes, and you want to go out and trade for that star player. It also like you don't want to take a step back if you're building something here as a franchise. Yeah, you don't want to run it back and have run it back mean you went out there and you regressed and you didn't make the playoffs.
5: That'd be really tough. Yeah, that'd
6: be re- i. I would still be.
5: I, I would still be like, you. It, <laughs> Even if that happens you're you're still sitting here with a foundation of Deonic bonus De'Aaron Fox and conceivably Keegan Murray mm-hmm. and that's a good okay, that's a good starting point. but now all of a sudden, if it's if you're looking at the end of this year and you're going that's it, there needs to be an entire roster put around this group. yeah, that's where it gets really dicey because now you're not a hey, a move or two away and we're 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 in their championship contender now it's like, hey, we're four or five moves away. And you've got Demona Sabonis and De'Aaron Fox entering their late twenties. Yeah, and that's where the timelines start to kind of. The, you, now you're up against the clock. So making the playoffs this year is just massive from so many different <laughs> perspectives.
6: No, I, I totally agree. And like the the problem yeah. is if you're out on the open market and you're trying to make a deal, and the players you're trading are, let's just say, you know, again, you're big money players that you that we've seen. That were, you know, bayoneted about all during this mm-hmm. this last trade deadline. Kevin Herter, uh, you know, Harrison Barnes, right. like we'll start to get into the Chris Duarte contracts and the and the uh Davion Mitchell contracts and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But but if you can't package that stuff that you're trading with anything other than maybe a twenty twenty seven pick. So we might be able to offer you something like three years from now. Mm-hmm that's not a lot to offer. You got what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, uh, teams look around the league would go, okay, you know, I want a 27, I want a 29, I want a 31 mm-hmm. if they're going to make some big deal, right? Right. But then you start competing against other teams, say the Oklahoma City Thunder, who has a war chest, and now we start running into the problem that they can offer a 25, 26, 27 pick yeah. that you can't offer. Yeah. And that's that becomes a problem.
5: Yeah, no doubt. Not having, a, it would be, Man, what a disaster that would be.
6: Yeah.
5: I'm trying to... So so if they miss the playoffs, we're going into this offseason going, okay, so they have a pick in, a, in what's supposedly a bad draft. They... They... um, You might be able to find trade, a player. But go ahead. But they can't trade their future picks now.
6: 25, 26, uh, and 27. You can put in a clause that says, like, if the 25... 25- Pick conveys and they get the twenty-seven pick. If not sure. though, it's but a twenty eight.
5: But you just mentioned like Oklahoma City. Oh yeah. And if you're put if you're bidding against teams going like, hey, we have this pick, maybe. Maybe <laughs> that's yeah. not that's not a, gonna be a super strong argument. And on top of that, you would need a you would conceivably need a bigger overhaul of your roster, having just missed the playoffs. Yes. Here's with he- this is why no I,
6: mechanisms to do it <laughs> exactly, and this is why I always bring these up too. Like people forget, in two thousand and eleven, the the Kings traded a they traded Omri Caspi and a future lottery pr- protected pick for JJ Hickson. JJ Hickson was a complete disaster. The Kings waived a him. Total mess. He was a total mess. Like there was everything. He came in. And like, he was young, he, he was uh, still super athletic, but you know, we're talking about a 23 year old. You thought you were getting your long-term power forward fix. And he was not happy at all because he had played on a Cavs team that made it to the finals. And, uh, and so they got catered everything and like, he just like, wasn't happy at all. But like first interview I ever did with JJ Hickson, like the night he was traded to Sacramento, he started talking to the third person and it was like, oh boy, here we go. That, I don't
5: that, know if there's a bigger red flag for me.
6: It was like, oh well, like, hey, JJ, what have you been working on during the off season? Well, JJ Hickson has been working on a, a followaway jumper, uh, you know, and he just started kept late, like telling me how many different jumpers, and I thought I was listening to like Bubba lifts list off shrimp, and I was sitting here like, oh no. Why have you been working all the all these jumpers when you're the guy who is super athletic and should be finishing at the rim? Yeah. Like where is your post move? Where like all of these things, you know, a jump stop and a fall away and it's like but no oh, no. The point, the reason I bring up JJ Hickson in this conversation really quickly is that the Kings traded a lottery protected pick that year for JJ Hickson. You know you want to know when that pick uh relayed please 2017. The, oh, no. the pick that should, that that is De'Aaron Fox, when the Kings traded in 2016 17, they traded to Marcus Cousins right. right at the deadline and they fell out of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. That pick, the Kings were in the playoff picture. It was a top 10 protected pick from the J.J. Hickson trade in 2011. And My every year, God. the Kings had not relayed the pick. When. They traded DeMarcus. They fell out of the playoffs and moved up to the eight spot. That first round pick actually became two seconds and dissolved, and they got two seconds, right? Oh, my God. The Kings got De'Aaron Fox because they had the eight pick, moved up to number three, but they had a stupid pick swap and dropped to number five, which is where they got Fox. All of that was from the J.J. Hickson trade. If they wouldn't have traded Marcus, <laughs> they wouldn't have got De'Aaron Fox straight up. Straight up, they would not have gotten De'Aaron Fox. They were a playoff team, and certainly not a bottom. Yeah, but they 10. would have
5: made the playoffs.
6: Well, maybe they could have also missed the playoffs and not had the but pick. It would have been top ten. And oh no, you remember in the Demarcus trade, they picked up New Orleans' pick, which ends up being the tenth pick, which they traded for fifteen and twenty, oh, where they drafted Justin Jackson and Harry Giles. Oh. that's why oh, all man. of these things matter, Kyle. When you put them in historical perspective and you look at all these things that have happened in the past, that's why the 2024 pick relaying, it does matter.
5: All right, we're really up against it. Uh, Victor Weminyama went nuts last night. What does that mean for the Oklahoma City Thunder, though, and what does that mean potentially for the Kings? We'll tell you next on ESPN 1320.
1: of the ESPN 1320 Insiders. Get ready for the most up-to-date sports news and talk with the ESPN 1320 Insiders.
5: Hour number two. The first hour was chaos. You can always tell when it's a Friday show. I think so. When I first got into radio, not not got into radio, when I first got to 95.7, uh, because at my other station, every show was a Friday show. Uh, but when I first got to 957, somebody mentioned the idea of like, that's a great idea for a Friday.
3: Mm.
5: It's like, what? It's Wednesday. That's a great idea for right now. Or was it? Not a great idea for, it was like a silly kind of bit thing. I, I can't even remember what it was. It was so long ago. And somebody that's a great idea for a Friday show. I'm like, what does that mean? They're like, well, Fridays are just a fake show. It's just like silliness. Mm-hmm. Unsubscribe to it being a fake show. Like, it still very much matters. But stuff like talking about Schoolboy Q's album and talking about Employee Appreciation Day and things of that
6: nature. You're allowed. Feel like that. they just
5: fit better on a Friday. You're
6: allowed some leeway.
5: Yeah. Okay. Unless, of course, you know, something big had happened last night that wouldn't be all over it. But, anyways, very okay. Friday show today.
6: Yeah, definitely. Definitely a Friday show. Uh, we were talking earlier um, about the trade that. Vlade Dibas did, where he ended up giving up a 2019 first-round pick, and I thought mm. it was Denzel Valentine. It was not Denzel Valentine. It was Romeo Langford. Sorry, um, very similar player uh, who, mm-hmm. who basically is out of the league as well. So, so that pick really didn't hurt the Kings. It ended up being like the 14th pick in the draft, and like in in another suspect draft.
5: You could write a book about these disasters.
6: Oh yeah, I, I yeah. It feels like a, you know. Do you remember Goosebumps? Yeah. Oh,
5: you are you, well, I have, you, you. I have kids. Okay, and they were the like choose your own adventure stories. Yeah, where you'd read and it'd be like you get to the forest, turn to page nineteen to walk into the forest, turn to page forty six to go home, you know,
6: whatever. See, choose your own adventures. I, I love. I grew up with like those were my books.
5: Okay, so I, I right choose your own adventure. I guess goes beyond Goosebumps. That's just how I remember them, but. That's how I feel. Like you could do a Kings version of that.
6: Oh yeah. The what if? Do you
5: want to do this? Do you want to do this pick swap? Then turn to page eighteen. I could. Do you want to keep Nick Stauskas? Turn to page (laughs) fourteen.
6: I I could also do like the Marvel What If. What if? Oh, that'd be good. What if the Sacramento Kings didn't draft Thomas Robinson and selected Damian Lillard, oh, with the fifth pick. In the two thousand twelve NBA draft, what if, what if they drafted CJ McCollum instead of Ben McLemore, two thousand thirteen? Oof. What if they would have listened to Jeff Petrie and drafted Giannis Antetokounmpo with the number seven pick, or moved back and got more things and drafted Giannis in two thousand thirteen NBA draft? What if (laughs) they didn't fire Mike Brown? Uh, Mike Malone. Mike Malone. Not they haven't Oops. fired Mike Brown. yet <laughs> No.
5: What if they did fire Mike Brown? <laughs> uh
6: yeah. See, they're, they're like there are definitely a lot of what ifs. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and that's where like my brain like works with the history stuff.
5: Yeah, of course. Yeah. I'm telling you, it's a great book. Either choose your own adventure or what if, or yeah. both. <laughs> choose your own adventure. Like just restart the Kings at like oh six oh seven. Yeah. And just start to do a choose-your-own-adventure of what ifs.
6: Yeah, I mean, I could. Uh, what if they they let the Kings move to Anaheim? Okay, that's too far. Just saying.
5: Right. <laughs> that's just where the book ends. Turn to the last page, sicko. <laughs>
6: <laughs> it's over. It's over. and then they all died. <laughs> <laughs> the end. Uh, the San Antonio Spurs
5: got their twelfth win last night. They beat the Oklahoma City Thunder. Who'd won six in a row? Mm. They were cruising when they went into San Antonio, and you're thinking, man, the Thunder are gonna whoop this team. They're playing for a number one seed. The Spurs are playing out the string. Not if Victor Wembanyama has anything to say about it. Victor Wembanyama, 28 points, 13 rebounds, seven assists, two steals, five blocks. Five of seven from beyond the arc. Just in the fourth quarter, uh, Weminyama, eight points, three boards, three assists. He was two of three from three. He had the dagger in that one. Uh, Jeremy Sohan, Devin Vassell, both really good in that game. Who cares about the Spurs? Except Victor Weminyama's lines are always hilarious. Um, Chet Holmgren, by the way, Mm -hmm. who we've talked about before, would just be the runaway rookie of the year, like Stone Cold Mortar Lock in any other season. Any other season, yeah. Last night, 23 points, seven boards, five assists, a block. Just an excellent player, and
6: Weminyama just talk about just getting overshadowed completely. Different tier.
5: It's crazy. Uh you said something interesting to me though. Uh oh. Because I saw this I, I I saw the end of this game. The very end of it. My buddy's a big Spurs fan and texted me. He's like, You gotta see WemB doing this. All right, man, I got you. Um You were like, Hey, the Thunder lost. Mm-hmm. And typically, we'll go back and forth. You know, Pelicans lost, Mavericks lost, and we'll just kind of kick that around for a second. She text me to go, the Thunder lost. I'm going, well, pfft. The Kings okay. are currently seven and a half back of the Thunder. Like, what is that? Please explain why you think it may be significant that the Thunder lost last night.
6: Well, yeah, because, like, look, we have no idea where this thing is going to end up. What is there, 24 games left in the season? Yeah, for the Kings. Like, there there are plenty of times for... 25. Yeah, 25. Okay, there, there's plenty of time for one of these teams that are inexperienced and up near the top to completely collapse. There's also plenty of time for them to move down to a number three seed, and the Kings to move up to a number six seed. Like, these things can matter, mm-hmm. and especially OKC... If you're the Kings right now, I, I think you would circle maybe Minnesota. You'd circle mm-hmm. OKC. You'd circle Dallas. Mm-hmm. I don't. Who else would you circle and say, this is who I would kind of, uh, you know, I, you don't want to circle Denver because Denver just showed you who they could be.
5: Yeah, I want no smoke with Denver in the playoffs. But the first three games
6: of the season, you, you did play Denver well. I so, don't want
5: any part of Mike Malone and his staff in a seven game series. I'm kind of in agreement with you
6: there. So,
5: but Oklahoma City Oklahoma City, I think if you're if you're ranking these teams, I I think Oklahoma City is a pretty clear cut number 1 there. For all the reasons remember last year no, you, you we do. Last year going to the the Kings Warriors series. Kings were a better team all year. Mm-hmm. But the the thing everybody kept picking the Warriors is because well all the experience. They've yeah. been there before. The Kings are just too young. This is year one of this thing. You don't make runs in year one. And that, to me, is the logic I'm using with Oklahoma City. I love them. I think they are going to be so freaking good for a long time. Yeah. I'm not buying them this year as a, as a playoff
6: contender. No, I mean, the Clippers and the Suns would both probably try to lose games to make sure that they matched up with OKC. Yeah, even maybe. more than Minnesota maybe. even uh, well, but then again in Minnesota. I'm not sure because Minnesota is
5: Minnesota's at least been there with these dudes. Well they were there last year they give the Nuggets their toughest series.
6: Yeah, but I would still say that you're going to run into the problem that in the playoffs like everybody knows how to run Rudy Gobert off the court. Yeah, and yeah, you're just going to get in switches and you know, mm-hmm. that's that's the one thing that like we talk about like the Kings haven't developed their identity and stuff. That's mm-hmm. still something that. I don't think that we see enough where the Kings, we saw for like five minutes and we talked about it early in the season for like five minutes where the Kings were starting to get the switches that they wanted to get that went away. That that's like one of those things that just hasn't happened where the Kings are no longer getting the switches and the things that they were trying to, yeah, this thing's this team is, it's got me, it's got me a little like all over the place.
5: Well, that's what they are. They're all over the place. Yeah. And that's it. it you can't, you can't go in on them like, dude, they need to blow this up. They need to do X. They need to do Y. They need to do Z because there have been enough flashes this year that you're going, man, if they just do that, they could win nine out of their next 10 and be firmly in the playoffs. And we're going, all right, hey, how do they match up with the Clippers? Mm. You know, Oh, feel feel good going into the playoffs. Look how well they're playing down the stretch. Like that's on the table for me. I wouldn't bet on it mm-hmm. just based on what we've seen this year. But, like, tonight, I look at tonight and I go, I think the Kings are going to lose tonight. I do not love this spot for them. They've lost two in a row. Now they, they're second uh, second road game in a row, coming off a, a really bad loss to Denver. Like, man, this is just feels like this is where they slide a little bit. De'Aaron but Fox every, is questionable. De'Aaron Fox dealing with a, a, a knee thing. I, but every time this year I've gone, like, well, pff, they're, they're they're cooked tonight. They've gone on one. And yeah. look great. Where we're going the next day, we're like, hey. Oh. Well, there it is. Hey. I don't know, just. Are they back? We're all over are the place not? because they're all over the place. Do not blame yourselves. Yeah. Do not do that. It's the Kings' fault. <laughs> it's their fault. You're reacting to their performances, and their performances are all over them. It's not you. It's them.
0: <laughs>
5: it's not you. It's don't, them. Don't have them call you. You'll call them. That's right. All right. Uh We need to hit a break. How do the Kings win tonight? I I am not optimistic, but every time I've been not optimistic this year, they have uh, shown the best version of themselves. Every time they've gotten their backs really up against the wall, they have uh, come out and played their best. How do they play their best tonight? We'll tell you next. All right, we're back in here. Kings, Timberwolves, tonight, he is James Ham, owner, owner of The King's Beat? Of
6: course. Owner. owner operator.
5: Operator. Staff writer. Executive editor. Editor in chief. intern, host, host of the podcast. Host, host of the podcast. You know, subscribe to The King's Beat at thekingsbeat.com. You can also subscribe to The King's Beat podcast, which is James Uh, Sean Cunningham, Cunningham. I wanted to say Scott Cunningham, I don't know who that is, but Sean Cunningham and Brendan Nunes, uh, they do a great job, so make sure to check that out, but uh, since we're here, let's talk Kings Timberwolves right now on this program. Mm. How's that sound? I'm in. Um, Keys to victory tonight for the Sacramento Kings is they look to win their season series against the Timberwolves. They've split the first two, but the Kings did get one in Minnesota. That was another game that we, we we talked a little bit earlier about uh the how many times this year it's felt like the Kings like, okay, the second shoe is dropping. Here's where they kind of slide and really show us who they are and they don't play well. But then they come out with this really great performance. And this was they had lost they that was the road trip where they lost the two in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. And you're going, man. Now they got to go to Minnesota. This is just this could get ugly. And then they go and they just worked Minnesota and played one of their best games all year.
6: Well, that Minnesota at that point had not lost at home. Yeah, I think they're nine yeah. and zero at home or something. That like this was a, a big time victory, especially the getaway game. You know, you... You had one three straight. You got the Lakers, San Antonio, and, and the Mavs on the road trip. Mm-hmm. Then you get just thumped by the Pelicans twice. And then, you know, this team has an uncanny ability to show up in weird situations and make some noise.
5: I'm here for it.
6: Yeah. And so uh, it, it's definitely, it's intriguing to me to, to see who this team is, who they show up, uh, how they show up in a game like this, where mm-hmm. it's starting to matter a lot.
5: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the thing that stuck out when I was going back through that game was, okay, De'Aaron Fox is obviously great. Domas didn't have a huge game, but he's still really productive. It was the 45 bench points for me. Mm. That when I look at, okay, how do they replicate the 45 bench points? Like, man, if they get that tonight, you get 45 from your bench, regardless of who's doing the 45, I would feel really, really good about them winning tonight.
6: Yeah. I just don't know that they have that bench anymore. No, I'm, which is weird. You get to this point in the season, and like, I don't know who would who would put up those points. Kessler Edwards had ten. Yeah, I mean, what Kessler Edwards <laughs> makes sense playing him against this team. Mm-hmm. He makes sense against Cat. He makes sense against uh, oh. Jade McDaniel's. Mm-hmm. So I, Yeah, well, maybe he does. All right, let's get to keys to victory. James Ham of the Kings beat. What is
5: your first? Key to it. Sacramento Kings victory over the Minnesota Timberwolves.
6: It is ignore their length and play your game. Like, just forget about it. Just don't mm-hmm. worry about the fact that Rudy Gobert is standing in the key. Feed Domas. Like, just, like, play your game. Mm-hmm. And let the chips fall where they may. Don't get into some weird, like, paint touches for this team are so crucial. Yeah. Do what you do. Do your offense. Be who you are. And you should be okay.
5: Yeah, and that, that actually perfectly ties into my first key, and that is you have to move the ball on offense. The ball has to hop around, because if you sit there, this this Minnesota team, in this year where offense is blowing up and offensive ratings are higher than they've ever been, and the Kings set a record for offensive rating this year, and there's like six or seven te- or last year, and there's six or seven teams with a higher one this year, the Timberwolves still have a defensive rating of one hundred eight point three. Mm. The next, the next team is the Cavaliers at one eleven point three. That three point difference in defensive rating is the same as the difference between two and ten. Wow! Like that is how far ahead Minnesota is of every other team defensively. And I think to combat that a little bit, you have to have the ball moving. If you're doing, if you're doing one dribble handoff every single time. They're going to adapt to that, and it's that's it. If it's, hey, give it to Domas in the post and let him dribble, and he's going to try and figure out a way to get it, they're going to adjust, and they're going to get stops that way. Now, if you're moving, you're going to get clean shots. You're going to get looks at the rim. The ball has to move tonight. I would love to see 30-plus assists from the Kings.
3: Yeah,
6: and that's who they are. Mm -hmm. It's just don't get away from who you are. Yep, number two. Feed Keegan. If Fox is out... This uh, this might change a little bit, but the Timberwolves like to run Jaden McDaniels a Fox, and they that, that would leave someone else, anyone else, to defend Keegan. If Fox plays, Keegan needs to eat. He mm-hmm. needs to be a focal point for the Kings. If Fox doesn't play, life becomes a lot more difficult, and it just becomes who gets hot, try to ride the hot hand, try to get through a game, mm-hmm. try to find a way to be gritty and win, but... To me, it really does hinge upon Fox playing or not, but feed Keegan,
5: and that's not just for tonight. Like it is, it is just for tonight. But then you want to zoom out and go long term. Like Keegan having a big game would be, yeah, would be big time for his for his development. Uh, number two for me ties in a little bit to my first one, and this goes back to the King's identity. Every time the Timberwolves miss a shot, get the rebound and go. Yeah, do not let their defense get set because again that is when they can just put you in a bind and and just kind of suffocate you. If you're getting out and running, making it a more frenetic pace, that makes it a little bit more difficult to to get set and play that lockdown defense.
6: Yep. I'm with you. Number 3. This is a playoff game. Straight up. Dang. Kings have gotten to a point Dang. where blown too many games. <laughs> That's it. It's you're a playoff a- game. It's a playoff game. Man. And you need to treat it as such. Like, it doesn't matter if Fox plays or not. You got to go out there and you have to try to search out a win. Mm -hmm. You don't want to drop three in a row right here. The standings are just smacking you around. Mm -hmm. Like, the Lakers and the Warriors are on your heels. You got teams trying to pull away from you up above. Like, you have got to figure out a way to lock in and and win a game that matters. This is a playoff game.
5: That's a a great point, and I think... That that's something we should track the rest of the way because it feels like every game going in, it's like, yeah, hey, this feels like this is playoff ish. Mm-hmm. And that's how it's going to go. My last one, number three, outshine their stars. Minnesota had two all stars. I don't think they should have. No. It was Carl Anthony Towns and Anthony Edwards. Anthony Edwards being an all star, fine. Carl Anthony Towns felt like a reach. And I would like to see Demona Sabonis specifically show that tonight. Show why that that was wrong. He's gotten opportunities to play and show, and he averaged a triple-double in February, and look how great he is. Should have been an all-star. Everybody knows it. Well, now's a chance to go up against Karl-Anthony Towns specifically. And Rudy Gobert. He's going to see plenty of Rudy Gobert, but not one-on-one necessarily. Just outplay Karl-Anthony Towns by a lot. I would like to see that tonight.
6: No, I, I totally agree. What's
5: your matchup of the game? My matchup of the game... Mm. I'm gonna go back to man, you know, I it's I I, I know I joked about this last time. It's Sabonis against Gobert.
0: Hmm.
5: That's that is what I because I think Domas is gonna to need to score tonight. He's gonna to have to put the ball in the basket. And it's something I want to bring up actually a little bit later, but he has to score and put the ball in the basket. The Kings I think are at their best when they are getting into the paint. They're getting those paint touches, and Rudy Gobert is just an eraser inside. And I think if Demonis Sabonis can win that matchup, maybe hit a couple of threes, get Rudy Gobert to pull him out of the paint a little bit.
6: Mm -hmm. That's what I'm watching for. Okay. What about yours? Uh, My matchup of the game is, I'm going to go Keegan. Keegan versus uh, uh, Jade McDaniels. Because I think that that's, like if if Keegan can find a way and and can fight through the fact that he's playing against a strong defender, Mm -hmm. then the Kings have the second or third score that they need. And if not, I think this this game could get ugly, especially if Fox doesn't play. Hmm. Injury yeah. report: We've got uh, De'Aaron Fox questionable with uh, left knee contusion, and of course, Sasha Vazenkov is out. Kyle Anderson is doubtful for the Minnesota Timberwolves, uh, but also Anthony Edwards is questionable with a with left ankle soreness. Hmm. So well, maybe you're saying there's a chance. I don't know.
5: Just get the just get bench on bench. There we go. I like go. the Kings' chances in that one.
6: I like their chances early in the season, but their
5: chances <laughs> right not, now. Maybe uh, not. We'll, we'll see. <laughs> maybe not now. Kessler Edwards against Jaden McDaniels is my matchup to watch. <laughs> All right. I uh, want to remind everybody real quick before we get out of here. Uh, Saturday, 11.15 a.m., college basketball here on ESPN 1320. Number five, Marquette at number 12, Creighton. Start getting those notes down for your brackets. And then we've got some NBA basketball for you. 5 p.m. Saturday, Nuggets at Lakers. And Sunday, 9.30 a.m., we've got Sixers at Mavs. That Sixers-Mavs game is one that Kings fans are going to want to keep an eye on. Mm-hmm. That is a big-time game for Sacramento. You're basically rooting for the Kings and every team playing against Dallas. That's and right. New Orleans. And Phoenix. And the Lakers. The rest of the way. And, and the, the Lakers, Warriors. And Golden State. <laughs> There's so many teams involved. <laughs> oh, dumb. All right. Uh, we got more hoops coming up on ESPN 1320.
1: Now, back to the insiders with James Hamm and Kyle Madsen. Brought to you by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320.
5: Final segment. There's Damian Barling right there. He and Kenny Caraway will be taking over at noon. Thanks everybody for hanging out this week. It's been a fun week.
6: It's nice being in the same room,
5: Kyle. I am so... Can I just... Can I real quick? Can I thank you for something? I am so happy. Like, I'm a... I'm a, I'm a I, I like football very much. I am a football guy. I'm one of those dummies that every time the Niners make a roster move, partly because of Niners wire and needing to write. But every time they make like a practice squad move, I look into the, that player and I just have in mind like what, what they can do. And that way if they get come and just like r- right now, I'm deep dive on free agency and this and that. I'm just kind of a dork when it comes to that stuff. But I'm also not like a football hardo where I'm just like, I need to record the combine and to watch everything. I'm going to take notes on every single thing and da-da-da-da-da and I, I uh, that's a lot. I appreciate that you're not that guy. Doing a show with a person who right now was like, we need to do two hours of combine oh, would no. be
6: brutal. No, no, no. I and like, look, I love. So thank you. I love you know it all. Think it. I, I appreciate that, Kyle. Um, I do. Like even during NBA combine you're not, they don't film it the same way and they don't, they yeah, don't it's not a whole it. production. It's yeah. usually like, you know, you watch a bunch of bad like three on three basketball. Huh. It's like, oh, this is not good. I would like to go to the combine at least once, but. NFL or NBA? NBA. Okay. I like to go in after the combine and look at the anthropometrics, the, like all the measurements, the height, the weight. Oh the yeah, the wingspan, yeah. Okay. the standing reach, you know, the, like who won the the three quarter court and who won the yeah, yeah. the cone drill and I like I like to break all that down, but like one time.
3: Mm-hmm. But then
6: I use it a lot. Like when I write about players, I, I'm always talking about like their combine numbers and, and sort of sure. measurements. Sure. And then as you know, for years I mean I did I did mock drafts. I, I think during the pandemic the one year, I think I wrote twenty three mock drafts for MBC. But Sports.
5: that but that context is so much different than jumping on the radio. Oh, no. And being like, how about Chop Robinson? <laughs> how did that help his draft stock? Let's talk about it. Yeah. Oh, God. No. I just could not care less. There were... I, did a, I did a show in San Francisco one time with this guy. And here, here's the reason I bring this up. it yeah. was leading into the draft. And I like the NFL draft a lot. Mm-hmm. I, I, I really, really enjoy it. And the Niners not picking the first, couple ra- the first round round, the last couple years was a real bummer uh, for me personally. And... I had this guy one year who came in to a weekend show with a like stack of papers or oh, inches thick. No. And he wanted, he was like, wait, okay, here we go. We can talk. Okay. We can do first round here, but I got a couple of guards in the second round that I really like. And I really want to make sure we're, we're getting into that dog. <laughs> I don't No, I like the draft a lot and I don't care. <laughs> yeah give me three give me three guys you like in the second round let's talk about that yeah like okay that's fine i got a couple of guards that we need to get into that we don't need to talk guard play in the second round my guy
6: i was almost it's almost like have you ever run a 40 like that's what i i want to ask those people like what was your 40 time yeah because if you don't have a 40 time like how are you comparing that how do you know what's fast and what's like well, because you're comparing it against other against other guys. Well, I know I, I but get the, that. But I the get pro- that.
5: The problem is the problem with the forty specifically. Thanks for bringing it up. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, hey, thanks for not being combine talk guy. Now we're going to talk combine. Of course. Here's my problem with the forty specifically. That's not a thing that happens. <laughs> the forty yard dash is not a thing that happens during football well, games. No, and it certainly doesn't happen in your underwear. So okay, ten yards, ten yard burst is big for like defensive linemen. Because you're in a th- you're in a stance where you are crouched down, and now you are going to get out into this burst. Oh, We have to give away a Kings jersey too. We'll do that in a second. Uh, but you have to like get out and burst. And you go, wow, that guy, that guy's ten ten yard split was crazy. Yes, a defensive lineman's long speed. I could not care less. I don't care. Okay. I don't. You talked about form and stuff earlier. Eric Crocker, uh, locked on 49ers podcast. Does it does a great job. He played had a cup of coffee in the NFL, also played in the arena football league. And he talks about uh when he was working out for teams before the draft, he ran a forty at X time, I forget whatever it was, went and worked with a coach for like two weeks and shaved like six tenths of a second off his forty time.
3: Whoa.
5: It's not six tenths. That but shalt- shaved significant time off of his forty. Yeah. I think it might have been two tenths. He went from like four eight to like four six kind of thing. Okay. And that is just like,
6: that's, that's, that's what crazy. I'm telling you. Like, I, what does I, it matter then? When I was What's watching the, the drill, I'm like, Hey, why does that guy keep standing up out of his stance? Doesn't no, make sense. You just blew your 40 time. Right. Like, I, I, I could tell like you blew your 40 mm-hmm. time. Yeah. I like, get, and, and I I don't know. Like,
5: and you I, can't even, you can't even relay that to, cause you're, you're watching defensive linemen last night. You can't even relay. He stands straight up to, Oh man, may, that's just how he plays. And when he comes out of his stance, he stands straight up, which isn't what you want. On the defensive line. Yeah. But you can't even do that because that's not going and hitting an offensive lineman. It's just running a 40. Yeah. You can watch tape and find out if he plays too high. So I, I just, the 40 specifically, it is a marvel. It is so fun to watch. And I love following it just casually and referencing it because when, if you draft a receiver who also returned kicks in college mm-hmm. and then you look and he's a 428,
6: 40, like, wow. Yeah. That guy hauls. Do you sit there and watch it like, and guess, like oh, <laughs> that's like a four seven two. Yeah, no, oh, I don't. No, that's a five one. Oh no! no that's oh five,
5: oh, one. while they're running.
6: Yeah, while they're running.
5: No, because I, I I got my eyes locked on the clock.
6: Oh no! I okay. just
5: I see it out of the corner and just.
6: No, I I I'm watching. I'm like,
5: uh, juicy. Juicy. Forty six year old Tom Brady ran a faster forty than combine Tom Brady.
6: Yeah, that's amazing. It's all form. Yeah. Well, that and it's all about like preparing for that. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, and that's what I think the NBA like guys just prepare. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think there was a kid that I can't, he came out of West Virginia. There was like one of the greatest combine stories of all time. Went with like the 10 to, 10th overall pick. Uh, Kevin White. No, there's a kid named It's Joe something. Um, I want to say it's like 2010, um, maybe 2009, 2008, 2009.
5: Obi-Mellon Fonwu?
6: No, no, no. White kid that, like, in the NFL, I mean, the NBA draft. Oh, NBA. NBA. I thought you were talking about the NFL. No, 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 no. Um, and I think he, he was drafted by the Bucks. Anyway. I've got nothing for you Like, here. you're watching him, and you're like, okay, well, this isn't, like, none of this really translates, and he really didn't last long in the in the league, but he had worked out so much on the drills that he was, like, his stats were astronomical. You're like, oh, that's crazy.
5: It's just super athlete,
6: super athlete, but it didn't translate at all. Um, Yeah, I, it, it was not it was not great. But I, I think that that's part of like the NBA. I think you can fool uh, the draft a little bit where I don't think you can in the NFL, like the NFL the
5: teams are too smart now. Yeah,
6: like, I, I don't know. It, it became oh, Joe Alexander. My bad. West Virginia. Uh, eighth pick in in 2008 and his his numbers were just astronomical you're like mm. how in the world like even like i think and he... he
5: still bamboozled teams
6: oh yeah yeah right. i mean I, he he lasted in the league like barely at all uh um, yikes yeah
5: you want to give away a king's jersey yeah let's do it so we're gonna do this each month through the regular season so we're giving away our february jersey today We will give away our March jersey at the beginning of April. And then we'll give away our April jersey after the regular season
6: finale. Okay.
5: We've gone to the Wheel of
6: Names. The Wheel of Names.
5: Everybody who entered our Jiffy Lube Fast Break Player of the Game contest was eligible to win. And our winner this month is David D. in Rancho Cordova. David D., congratulations. You have won a Sacramento Kings jersey courtesy of... Jiffy Lube, our promotion staff, will be reaching out to you uh, about your jersey. Congratulations to David D. Rancho Cordova. That's awesome. You too can win a jersey courtesy of Jiffy Lube by entering our Jiffy Lube Fast Break Player of the Game contest. After each and every Kings game, and Monday Monday will be our next one. After every single Kings game, we come in, we give a keyword that represents the Fast Break Player of the Game. Mm Mm-hmm. And you enter that keyword. You enter to win a $100 Jiffy Lube gift certificate, but then you're also entered to win a King's jersey. You're entered to win those two things. So make sure you're getting in there. Make sure you're listening for the keyword. We'll give it to you. You enter, and uh, hopefully you will be a big winner in the next couple of months. Congratulations, David D. We're proud of him. Jiffy Loop is what I'm calling it. Mm-hmm. It is. It sure is. That's right. Um... I need more positive buttons. I don't have any positive because here's all my... This is completely BS. Well, it's not that. It's a complete crap. It's not. We're giving away jerseys. Jiffy Lube said, here's King's jersey. We bought you these jerseys. That's right. Give these away.
1: An abomination.
5: They're not. They're sick. They're super dope. (laughs) And then...
1: It's ridiculous and we're tired of it.
5: I'm not. I I I would give away a freaking jersey every week if we could. Yeah. But we have two more after today. Oh man, Carlos E and David D are two are two winners so far. All right, all right. Um, I think I've articulated my de bonus point, offensively, offensively, not offensively, offensively. Okay. And what I'm what I am wanting more for him from him, and I think it's offense driven more than Domas driven. But I went and looked up today. The Kings are paying him upwards of forty million dollars. Forty three.
6: This season, no.
5: Well, I mean, over the average annual life. Yeah, yeah. 43 something,
6: something like that.
5: Yep. 43 and a quarter, I think. 43, whatever it is. Doesn't matter. Anyways, 43 and a half. But it's really hard to win in the NBA when you're paying a player that much money and then not making him a, a focal point of your scoring options. When you go look at every high-paid player, most of them are these in a big spot, they are the guy that you're going to give the ball to to go get a bucket. Okay. DeMarcus Sabonis has a usage rate. And usage rate is the percentage of possessions that a player finishes the possession, whether it's a turnover, whether it's a shot, whatever it is. Free throws. Yep. His usage rate is 21.7. It's amazing. That is tied with it, that on nba.com you can't sort out like non qualifiers. Yeah. So he comes in at 122, but there's a bunch of non. There's a bunch of guys who played like six games in there.
6: Yeah. Well, I mean, like Javale McGee has a higher usage rate than DeMontis Simonis.
5: Right. Right. Uh, and again, much smaller sample size. So um, I don't want to say where he's ranked, but of the guys who play significant minutes around him, he is tied with Keldon Johnson. He is just behind Mo Wagner, and he is just ahead of Zach Collins. Wow. I just need, I I would like to see him score, like he's too good for that.
6: Yeah, I think. He's ev- too good to be in the same breath as Zach freaking Collins. I think everyone out there, they, they literally, they heard Franz Wagner and Zach Levine. That's what they heard. They did not hear, <laughs> they did not hear Zach Collins. But they did not Franz hear Moe Wagner. They heard Franz Wagner, <laughs> Franz Wagner.
5: I just, that, that is, I've been trying to articulate it because shoot it more. Doesn't that that puts the onus to me on and and I think sometimes it is on 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 Domas to to shoot it when he's open, but I think it's a function of their offense and what he does in their offense. It is a dribble handoff, and it's like, bro, I would like him to be a scoring option, maybe not all game, but that number should be higher if you're going to be paying him forty and a half, forty three and a half million dollars
6: average over the next four years. Yeah, I mean, I get what you're saying. I think he's, I think he's underutilized. Okay, as a as, as a score, yes. but we're also talking about a guy who has an assist percentage at 34.8. It's 8. insane. It is bananas. I mean, offensive win shares is 6.5. Mm-hmm. So here's how... Okay, this is kind of how I, I I kind of like... In my mind... Please. I was... I have a thing with this on Keegan coming up. Go ahead. Okay. I was looking at uh at Shea, Gilgis, Alexander, right? His stats. hmm And to me... The reason why is because it feels like every single game that I look at, Shea scores 31 points. It's ridiculous. And then you go and you look, and it's almost exactly the same. So I, he, his variance on his highs and his lows are so spectacular that I, I know this is like kind of a weird way to think of it, but to me... What Sabonis is as a rebounder, assist guy and scorer is what is as Shea is as a as just straight up a scorer. Like the rebound and assist mm. numbers specifically. Okay. So on the season, Shea has scored twenty or more in fifty five of their of of the fifty seven games, fifty eight games he's played in. Good Lord. Twenty or more. He's got a nineteen, a seventeen, and a seven point game everything else, Uh, on the season, 30 points or more, he's done that 44 times. Whoa! 44 times. So the fact is that, like, yeah, he's gone for 40, only five times on the season. Mm -hmm. But we're talking about a guy who's, like, averaging 31 a game. So his consistency, every single game you're writing down in pen – that Shea Gildas Alexander is going to average, is going to score 30 points. Mm -hmm. And that to me is like, it's remarkable how consistent he is. But it's the same thing with Sabonis. Like, I don't care that that he's not scoring a bunch because his variance on scoring is probably like 14 and 34, but most of them land between 17 and 22, like almost every game. And then the rebounding numbers are off the charts.
5: The bigger deal for me is in these close games... Or in these games where they've let go of the rope and it's like, man, they just can't get a bucket, they can't. I would like to see them rely on him more. And I think by virtue of doing that, you would see that usage rate number creep up. Kenny Carraway is here with the handoff. Kenny, if you missed it, Demonis Sabonis has a lower usage rate than Mo Wagner, and he's just above Zach Collins.
7: I want to address that, but I do want to... I want to address said. this issue, <laughs> but I want to do. I want to say something about what you said about SGA. I chuckled when you said that because I saw a stat the other day, and you guys forgive me for not getting it exactly right. No, but I think, <laughs> I think it said. In a single season, he has the most games of exactly thirty-one points in NBA history. Really? Yeah. I can look that up to confirm, but that some, sounds right. Yeah, some it was either a single season or a career so, or something like that. Yeah. I think it's a single season. The most games of exactly 31 points. It was like 18 games or something like that. That so, that's crazy. <laughs> Maybe even more. I don't know, but I chuck when you when you said, "Yeah, it feels like he has 31 every night." Like, yeah, it's usually exactly 31. It's
6: it's because he does have 31 every <laughs> single night.
7: Yeah, to me, it's remarkable
6: what he's the consistency that he shows. But it's the same with Sabonis. Like Sabonis is going out there and like the double-double, like maybe we just say the double-double compared to the score. Mm. It's every single game. Mm. And and I'm not just talking about the 40-game streak or the 41-game streak. He's got like the Kings have played 57 games. He's got 53 double-doubles. Like the consistency that he's played with is is off the charts. He hasn't not had a double-double. Since November 29th.
7: That's crazy. That's crazy. So, it's outrageous. So, so what I, what I would, was saying about Sabonis and the usage rating and all this other stuff is.
5: Real quick, yeah. just to confirm your Shea Giltis Alexander thing, he has 11 games this season with 31 points. That is the most all-time, just ahead of Oscar Robertson in 1961-62. He had eight. Charles Barkley had eight of those things in 88-89. He's probably going to get another five
7: this year too,
6: at least.
5: That record may never be broken.
6: <laughs> 44 games with 30 or more. That's where he's at. That's Man. that's Dang. wild. Man.
7: wild. He, he, he's, the, he's the MVP, if you ask me right now. Today, he's, he's the leader for MVP. I think he's the guy. Um, but Sabonis and usage rate. I, I, I don't know exactly um, if this is what you guys were talking about, but like shooting more and doing more on the offensive end. I feel like Sabonis is doing about what you would want him to do. Maybe a shot or two more a game, but if you ask him to do a little bit more, I don't think the production or the uh efficiency would be the same. It's sure. almost like it's almost like um if you did like a Malik Monk per 36, but like well if he played 36 minutes, he'd be averaging 29 a game. Well, if he played 36 minutes, he probably have more turnovers. His shooting percentage would probably be lower, and all this other stuff. Like, I think when people, you know, um, want Sabonis to to shoot more, mm-hmm. I think that might be. And here's what would happen.
5: So here's and this may be. We've got like four minutes, and this may be a bigger discussion. I'm on with you guys at twelve fifteen. Uh, we could talk about. Uh, it we can talk about it. I'm though.
7: not ready to talk but, about football.
5: But, but, but here's my here's my here's my thank God, dude. We we're talking about that being. <laughs> Hey, we're talking NFL combine today. Like get that out of my face. No, I'm just hurt. Um, oh, okay. All right, that's fine. I finally <laughs> went back through hurt. and started listening to football podcasts. Yeah, not there. Yet. I didn't want to mm. so, I, I host a podcast. I, I, no, that's yet. fine. <laughs> just keep da- keep downloading it. That's all I need. I do, I do, do that. it it <laughs> <Just> automatically. Delete. <laughs> <laughs> um No, but here's my here's my my question then. And and maybe this is uh, uh, blasphemous, but this is just what I the what I come to you then if that's the player that he's going to be if his offensive effectiveness is going to be more about uh, distributing than scoring that's that's totally fine and I get it and I understand everything the impact he has mm-hmm. that requires though then a level of player around him mm-hmm. there's a ostensibly a higher bar right of player that needs to be around him that can put the ball in the hoop yeah and i think it's i think it makes it more difficult to find those players when you have Darren Fox as one of your your highest paid guys. He's a one A, I am in. You have Demonis Sabonis as one of your highest
7: paid guys. And then and then what? I think you got I think you got it right now to a certain degree. Like you could you could always get better. Like if they got Michael Bridges, that's what we always talk about. Like mm-hmm. yeah, he can create, you know, a shot and all that sure. of stuff. But I think you got it. I think I'm expecting Expect maybe towards the end of this year but definitely next year I'm expecting Keegan Murray to be that guy. I'm expecting Keegan Murray to be a 17 point per game score. Yeah. If they're able to bring him back I expect Malik Monk to be that guy late in games that you go to for baskets along with De'Aaron Fox. I think I think they, they got it for the most part. I just those guys got to be a little bit more consistent. Keegan's got to mm-hmm. um, be a little bit more assertive mm-hmm. but I, if Franchise building, roster building, I feel like they got that. Hmm. I do. I'm kind of, I'm with you.
6: It's just waiting for it, right? Like we were talking earlier about two timelines, and and (laughs) I'm at this point. I hate that
5: it's become a joke because it's such a useful thing to say.
6: (laughs) Well, yeah, but at this point, I want to merge the two timelines. Like it's time. Mm -hmm. It's time for Keegan to become that guy right now Mm -hmm. because that's what has to happen. And this team is going to not only like make the playoffs, but to like have a shot to to go. He needs to be – he needs to elevate right now and become that player.
7: Yeah, because yep. real real quick, whoever you bring in, say you brought in Zach Levine, you're not bringing Zach Levine to average 26. You're, aver- you're bringing Zach Levine in to get average like 19 and do it right. consistently every right. night. And I think – while I don't know if he can get to 19. I think he can give you that level of production along with Malik Monk on a consistent basis.
6: Yeah. Hmm. And then it's about finding 3 and D guys to go alongside those guys. Guys who average What's, <laughs> like 12 to 14, but are defensive-minded guys who hit the three ball.
5: The Ironically, we've been talking about a lot of like just the perils of the combine, right, for teams. Mm-hmm. You fall in love with a guy because he's a super athlete and you forget that he can't play the sport. The irony of this is, James, you bring that up. I think one of the things that Kings need to do is over the next year or two, whenever they have picks is go to the Combine, even for undrafted guys. Go to the Combine, and everybody who blows up the Combine, hmm. if they're available, be like, yeah, we'll bring them in. We'll see. Hmm. We'll see what happens.
6: Well, I mean, they he was taken with their pick, Olivier Maxwell uh, Prosper. That's, that's one of the Combine guys that was just unbelievable with all the measurements and everything. Hmm. They traded that pick.
7: He hasn't played, by the way, I don't
6: think. No. Oh, good. He's not there yet. Good, screw him. <laughs>
5: Uh, are you, do you in a play in matchup, Kenny, real quick? We have like 40 seconds. Mm-hmm. In a play in matchup, do you fear the Lakers or Warriors more? Because you under, like, everybody's on board that that's just what's happening, right? Uh, like, we're just, there's no way that we're going to avoid because there's, we got to make sure that this is as I'm not, just I'm not hellish as yet. possible. I think
7: they could still, I understand what you guys are saying. <laughs> I think they could still get the six. That's just me. I, I don't know where James is at. I understand, I understand what you're saying. Um, I probably, probably the Warriors because of Steph Curry. Mm. Okay, show. That's stop, ridiculous. Stop, I didn't stop. do that. I don't
6: know where that came from. <laughs> <laughs>
5: They're both playing well, though.
6: Either team is tough.
5: Yeah, yeah, No doubt. I'm with you, though. You win six in a row. You're, uh, you're in a really good spot, and the Kings uh, are in a, in a soft part of their schedule. I think they can do that. Okay, we got to go. Uh, I'm on with d and Casey at 1215. Uh, we got a ton of stuff coming up with them, uh, talking Kings. Uh, thanks, James.
4: We'll see you guys next time. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance.